ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Relationships Rule. This is Janice Porter, and I am here today with my guest, Sapna Malhotra. I think I have that right. You do. Thanks, Sapna. I am very excited because Sapna and I actually haven't met in person. We have spoken on Zoom before, and we she's in Toronto, I'm in Vancouver, and we're both avid Toronto Raptors fans at the moment because it is June 2019, and there's a race on so for the NBA championships, and I'm very excited to have uh, a partner in crime there. So a little welcome, Sapna. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, so great. I really love the way you think, the way you approach things. Like, so I'm a huge fan. You've already changed some things for me on my LinkedIn. Um, so your insights are very valuable. Thank you. I um, Just a little bit before I say a little bit about you, we met on LinkedIn. Uh, no, we met on Facebook, actually in a podcasting group and you put a, a, a question out there that I answered and we started a conversation and here we are. So I'm very excited that all of this networking online works. Yeah. So a little bit about Sapna. She brings two decades of international management consulting experience in sales and business operations in the technology, financial services and telecommunications industries. That's a lot of um, experience started at Accenture and became the global business change and optimization practice lead. And now teaches partly, part-time, I think, at an introduction to management consultancy at Georgetown College in Toronto. All of this management consulting piece, I think, is the, the core of who you are. But I think what connected me with you actually was the fact that number one, you have a podcast called Can Innovate, and I'm gonna get you to talk about that a little bit. And you've just written and published a book called Connect, Connect the Dots, How to Turn Strangers into Meaningful Network Relationships. This speaks from my heart too, and this is where I think we really bond. So we'll talk about that too. But first, I wanna just ask you to elaborate a little bit on what I had to say about you and what you actually do now for the majority of, of your work um, today. So tell me a little bit more. So I still have a lot of clients, um, large scale corporate clients that I help do a lot of consulting with and because they're doing a lot of digital transformation. And one of the things that you're seeing with that is that, you know, how they're interacting with employees and customers have really changed. The dynamics have really changed. It's not so much just the technology part, but it's also that, you know, understanding and building relationships when we are in this huge world of self-urgency, like everything is now, 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 and we don't have time to, you know, sugarcoat things and say, hi, how are you? And so on. So I still do a lot of that, but I also actually have been spending a lot more time doing a lot of coaching with a lot of individuals that are really trying to kind of make sure that 
they get seen and noticed inside their workplace because it's just being so difficult to be seen. Uh, it's just really hard, you know, everyone's a number and it's how do you get your personality and show your strengths. And we know that the level of disengagement is so high in workplaces right now and everyone's trying to do a side hustle because they're just like, I, I'm not going anywhere. So I do a lot of that. And on top of that, with being a part-time professor at George Brown, uh, you know, teaching consulting 101, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is I had my first semester students describe the course to my second semester students. And how they described the course that I was teaching them was that these are essential life skills that I'm teaching. Okay. And I didn't actually realize that because I talk about, you know, communication, stakeholder management, uh, networking, relationship building, client centric, all of these consulting words. And I, I translate them into real life scenarios so that they actually understand things. So that's what I spent a lot of my day doing is those kind of particular things. And then, as you mentioned, I just uh, have a podcast on Can Innovate, which is about focusing on Canadian innovators that are thought leaders that are helping us shape our point of views and bring a different dimension and you know to kind of create some more awareness in that space and then of course now I've just published this book uh, connect the dots so yeah I seem to be doing a lot more than I ever thought I ever possibly could well that's what happens right busy people do more things than than and yet find time to do more things right but it sounds as though um, it's really about people and it's about helping people. And that's what it really boils down to, right? Um, if, if you can help others and spread the word, then we make the world a better place, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I find interesting, because I did a little bit, I've done a few um, guests um, speaker things at uh, MBA program here for um, Simon Fraser University and I did a couple of others in uh, for some uh, Chamber of Commerce where there were new like French Chamber of Commerce which was really interesting but um, in all of those cases I'm finding I found that they the people were um, they were hungry for the kind of information that you and I uh, give because they don't know today how to uh, um, communicate with people properly. They're so busy looking at their phone and doing everything by their phone that the connection doesn't really happen, right? Mm -hmm. So with the students that you have at George Brown, did you find that also, and in a particular instance, anything specific that yeah, you're nodding your head at me. I know people can't do that. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Well, that's actually where the inspiration of the book came from. Now, the students that I'm dealing with, they're in, it's, they're, it's a post-grad type of college course. And so the, when I say students, I'm not talking about 14, 15, 16 years. I'm talking about adults that are between the age of the 25 and 50. And they actually come with work experience. And every class, they would ask me, and they were trying to find a job. That's what their primary type of thing is. And every time they would ask me, how do I network? How do I meet people? I keep going to awful networking events. I'm shy. I have an accent. So I used to laugh and I'd go, guys, every class you guys come to, you know, you keep bringing me these 
challenges, which is great. We can do it. But, you know, am I going to coach you every step of the way? And they just start alive and they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay. And that's where the book actually wrote itself because based on their needs and their specific issues that they were facing, they are actual challenges that others face and they can't seem to connect. So for example, I got a business card. Now what do I do? You know, and it's small things. They don't teach these skills in schools or universities, just like basic budgeting. Those things are so gone that we think people are more connected than ever, but in fact, they're more disconnected than ever. Uh, and with this noisy place. And in fact, you know, in the UK, they created a loneliness council. And why that's really relevant is because when it's not based on age or demographic or country, it's happening everywhere universally, that loneliness is becoming a huge epidemic because yes, senior citizens are part of it, but millennials and even younger generations are because they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to make friends. They don't know how to connect. It's it's a lost art that's happening. And what really transpires even further is that I look at my nieces and my nephew and they had troubles making friends at times because we don't teach them. Everything is so scheduled these days. It's not like when I was growing up, I could knock on my neighbor's door and go, can Bobby come out to play? Like now it's very much scheduled of everything that we do. And then, yeah, play date. That's right. And then on top of that, in Canada, they've actually created a friendship bench. Now, this actually totally broke my heart because basically what it is, is a bench inside of schools. And if a kid feels sad, lonely, or depressed, they sit on the bench. Aww. So if they have no one to eat lunch with or no one to play with that recess with or nobody, they can sit there. Now, as an adult, if I saw a friendship bench and someone sit there, we're probably not going to go necessarily reach out to them. But because they're such young kids and when they're being taught to see someone needs help, go and talk to them. So people would go and sit to help them. Hey, you, you want to eat lunch with me? Mm -hmm. And it's such small things that, and we're losing that so fast. Well, they're small things, but they're huge. They're huge, huge, yeah. huge, huge. And so that's why I was, I wrote the book was yes, the students at the college, they inspired it. But I kept thinking if this generation is struggling with this, what hope do my nieces and my nephew have? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, one of the things that, okay, so we both, we're both in the business of teaching people how to network effectively in one way or another. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that I think about in terms of face-to-face -face networking events is, you know, when you first walk in and you and me, we would work that room like crazy. We're not afraid to talk to anybody. We, um, we know what, we, what our intent is when we get there and we, and we do, it's, it, it is a, um, a catchphrase, a catch-all phrase, work the room, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I think, but you get somebody who has been dragged and kicking and screaming to go to the event because you know, their friend wanted them to go with them or because their workplace wanted them to go there and they really don't want to be there. And they walk in and it's like, oh my God, what do you tell that person? You know, first of all, I always tell them to look at this as an opportunity to meet interesting people. That's it. If you take away the stigma of networking, because it is work, but if you take away the pressure of coming out certain outcomes and start going on with it from a curiosity perspective, just to meet more interesting people, mm -hmm. it actually takes a little bit away of a little bit of the pressure. 
but then it still is how do you go and talk to somebody so and then I always say there's a couple of things you can do that are pretty easy so if you're going to a networking event I say go early go to stand by the front door talk to the people that have organized it tell them a little bit about yourself they'll send people over to you because they understand what you're doing and you know and they understand what you're looking for and they'll be like hey so and so is that because they want the networking event to be successful as well right. so they want you to actually bridge that connection the other thing is you need to have a really good introduction i don't know how many times i meet somebody and i say what do you do and they rhyme their entire speech <laughs> And my eyes gloss over and I have zero clue what they said. So I would say keep it short, snap, and easy. So I actually went to a TEDx coach that helps people get on stage and I interviewed them for the book. And I asked them, how do you make a first great impression because you lose the audience so quickly? And she said, keep it simple. So I say, okay, so I'm a management consultant, podcaster, author, and I'm obsessed with Gordon Ramsay. Perfect. And she's like, that's perfect because people are like, why are you obsessed with Gordon Ramsay? And this is what I get. Is it because he speaks so rude to the people? It, it, you know, he's got, you know, so much marketing behind it. It's, it, it opens up a conversation because they got a little glimpse of my personality. Keep it simple. You know, you don't have to make it over the top. And the other last piece of advice I always give is the act of listening and act of deep listening is such a powerful element that it actually gives the introverts an absolute advantage because you could just ask one question that person will start talking and you will leave and they will remember that they had the best conversation with you i was just writing that down actually for a a a tip sheet that i was doing and that's exactly what i was writing about that they walk away thinking that you've had this amazing conversation with this new person and that person said nothing you you let them do all the talking so it's absolutely true there's so many nuggets in what you just said and one of them was that i find so fascinating that you know you said you know you're a management consultant and you name these things and then you said you're obsessed with gordon ramsay people want stories people want they didn't even care about the business stuff they heard the last thing you said they want something that they can just you know enjoy a conversation about and that is interesting so i'm coming back to gordon ramsay in a minute but that's that was a huge nugget the other nugget is the piece about um making the other person uh, feel that they're um, uh, important. And in doing so, it's just ask it, be curious. That's my favorite word, curious, being Mm -hmm. curious. And ask a question, even if it's just not so much what do you do, but what brought you here? Or have you been to this kind of event before? Because it just softens the the conversation or the introduction. And so, yes, um, great information. Okay, back to Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> um, I just finished watching. I'm a not a Gordon Ramsay um, uh, uh, super fan, but I do love what he does with. Um, I mean, he knows his stuff definitely. And I just, I, I have to admit, I'm a bit of a TV reality show junkie, and I w- just finished watching um, Master Chef Junior because I am just so blown away by those kids. Oh my God. So I can't watch MasterChef Junior because I am so terrified that they can use knives better than I can. 
possibly do. And I keep thinking if I watch my nieces or nephew do that, I would be freaking out. So I have, my heart really races. So I can't watch that. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm intrigued, even though I'm intrigued by all means. You know what's interesting? And I'm just going to bring that back to, you know, introverts, extroverts and, and networking is that these kids that are on this show, they're between the ages of eight and 13, usually the, you know, they're 10, 11, 12. And it, and they're actually generally, I think the odd person out, like they're not the social butterfly in there. It seems to me anyway, in their school or whatever, and this is their passion and, and they focus because of the other things not being uh, in their lives. So I think it's interesting because it, I don't know that most of them seem like a bit precocious or a bit, you know, which is why they've been chosen for the cast. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, um, but just to let you know, that also is with the adults. Cause I'm watching MasterChef season 10 and some of the backstories, mm -hmm. they are actually, you can see that they were saying that I was always never had a lot of friends. I was always the, you know, the odd one in the corner. Like I just didn't. So it actually fueled my passion for something that could actually be creative and express myself in a very easy way. And that's where I fell in love with cooking. And it, it, to your point, it really does come from a lot of that. Yeah. It's, it's just really interesting. Um, you mentioned in your uh, bio that you sent me that you have this virtual book club called Brain Food Book Club. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> so I am a, a self-learner. Like I'm one of those people that love learning. Like I just love it. And I read a lot of business books but I never had anyone to talk to about it. Like, you know, to share ideas of what I learned or what resonated and I missed that. But in this day and age, it's so hard to find time to actually meet people face to face sometimes because everyone's busy, you know, they've got not just the careers, their families, whatever. So I actually created this virtual book club as an experiment to see if it would even work. And it's actually been really great for the past six months. We meet every once a month on a Monday during lunch hour, because again, it's part of networking, you know, is not eating lunch alone. And that's one of the things that consultants always do. So we spend 45 minutes, we're most of the time eating and we talk about the book, but we, it actually ends up stimulating so many other conversations. So for example, we just did one about call back to human, which was about, you know, technology and being human. And we were just talking about the introduction and we started talking about Instagram changes, about no likes. Just totally not anything to do with the book, but it stimulated a different type of conversation and, and it really is allowed it, it to happen. So there's only a couple of us that meet on a regular basis and my goodness, the relationships and the friendships that are being cross-pollinated that we never have met to begin with. It's just a great social experiment. So yeah, that's what it's about. It's really, it's a lot of fun. And you know, a lot of the stuff I can't air because we end up talking about our personal lives because you yeah. get such a, a sense of comfort. But yeah, that's where it came from. I just have no one to talk to about these books. Um, so what is the book you're reading or the last book? Is that the one you just mentioned? Yeah, it's called Back to Human. It was not bad. It was, it was okay. Um, but we're actually now reading another one. It's called How to Sell Yourself and uh, about branding. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting conversation because it's coming from um, a coach. Uh, so apparently, but there's been some great ones that we've done. And actually we picked some of them are Canadian authors. Uh, one of them is your one word and Evan Carmichael. And I have to tell you, 
everybody in the book club and they even posted videos about this book has literally changed my life and my thinking. And basically it's helping you trying to find your one word that's actually embosses your entire DNA. And curiosity turned out to be mine, um, along with explore. And so everything that we do, we should have that type of flavor to it. And he has exercises. So that's the, out of all the books we've read, that one hit the mark with all of our different personalities and uh, really made us stop and think. I, that sounds like a good one. I'll have to, you know, we talk about the one thing with one, the company I'm affiliated with, um, send out cards and, uh, our our convention this year is called your one thing or the one thing and and you know that's actually the motto from uh, Gary uh, Keller's book for Keller Williams right your one thing and I think that your one word is is uh, part of the same thing I think it's a great idea I uh, I think mine would probably be curiosity as well but we'll see I guess I'd have to do the exercises mm -hmm. um, so your podcast you talk about innovation, right? Uh, you talk to innovators. Uh, you had a, uh, I listened to one that you had a woman on that was doing a, um, my, what was it called? Um, it was something about organizing um, something it. Organizing it. It was about mindset or was it about, yeah, I should have done my homework. I've completely forgotten now. I had it before, but not to worry. Um, I just le loved the way you, you um, interviewed her. And of course, uh, she was talking about, it was kind of a CRM type thing, I think. Tie oh, it. Tie, tie it. it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, have you delved into that a little bit more? Yeah. So that was such an interesting podcast because one is that really explaining the business need and where it came from. And it was actually listening to business owners and their pain points. But what I loved about hers is she talked so much about networking and about getting out there and talking to people. And one is to really test your ideas. And, and she really debunked some of the myths that we have out there that if you tell somebody your idea, that they're going to steal it. And she's like, no, 99% of the time, it's not gonna happen because most of the population is really about inaction versus action. And what you're doing is getting feedback about how, what kind of questions it prompts, what kind of, and I loved how she really kind of really opened that up. And that's the reason why she's been a success because she got these people early on engaged to actually try out the software and systems and so on and get their feedback and really was very customer centric, um, which I just, her episode is probably one of the, actually, well, I was going to say it's one of the top, one of the top ones, but my, the one I just launched this week just uh, topped it, but it oh, is really, really yeah. So I hit between on the podcast about a couple of topics. One, I showcase Canadian innovators because I, Canadians are not great at tooting their horn. They're, we're just not. We're just very modest. So I'm like, let me do it. And as a management consultant, I have interviewed tons of C-level execs, and I really know how to kind of get the stories a little bit out. And don't get me wrong, I do a lot of research on each of those guests beyond belief to kind of curate a little bit of the narrative that we're going towards. But also part of that is that we also have, um, I also do sometimes individual things about other tactics and tips. 
because the people that are listening for are listening for inspiration, but yes, they want to actually kind of see what's innovative, what's kind of you know, moving the needle. But they're also looking to move the needle, not just in terms of the mind, but they're also looking to improve their own lives. And a lot of the things, so we talk about, it's like, you know, for example, I had an episode last week about the imposter syndrome. Okay. And it's based on a lot of the emails that I got from people that they feel like an imposter. So my, my whole podcast episode is called, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an imposter, hear me roar. And <laughs> I explain that First of all, you know, being an imp the imposter syndrome is actually a good thing. If you're willing to dig deeper, it becomes a competitive advantage for you. It's the failure to kind of go deep to see what exactly that you're looking at and why you feel like a fake. And that's what imposter syndrome is, is that you have a lot of self-doubt. You feel like a fake and a phony. And it, it kind of really prevents you from moving forward and it actually makes you more and more insecure that you can't talk to others about certain topics and erodes your confidence. It's actually a huge epidemic again. And I, I was introduced to this concept about three years ago from a friend who was going through it and she was actually getting counseling for it and I had never heard of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyways, that's what I talk about in the podcast about imposter syndrome means a competitive advantage. And I explained about how management consultants, we never had that problem because we had way too much confidence. And we had this thing of fear of competition. So in consulting world, you're either moving up or out. So you either, so you have no time to kind of figure out, you have to go figure out, you know, this problem and where you're going to get the information and how you're going to make it before someone else that's your peer, you know, gets to the partner before you to pitch it. And then you, they get promoted instead of you. So I always got kind of groomed with that until I went independent and I was about to launch my podcast. What hit me? Imposter syndrome. Mm. And I was so blown because I had created products and services from not knowing any knowledge. I knew how to research and do and talk to people, um, but I was really struggling. And so I had to do my own exercises to kind of get me move forward because I'm not great at spinning my wheels. I get irritated when I don't make progress. Mm -hmm. And I was over planning and I found excuses about when to not launch. And just like this, even this book at some points, you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. And but when I sat down to figure out what exactly am I, you know, my bottleneck, I came up with three options and then I picked an option and moved it forward. But I had to dig deeper to really figure out what did I feel fake in. And because it, it's okay, because it's a knowledge gap. And if you know what that is, then you can actually go ahead and troubleshoot it. So you have to take it one step deeper. However, what I'm thinking when you're saying this is that when you work in a big organization, you can always go and find that, that person or ask that question through the team, but when you're on your own, it's much more difficult. Very. Wow. Very. Because people come to you for answers. They don't, you, you don't, as an entrepreneur and building your business, you don't have anyone to talk to. You're supposed to know the answers. So where do you get to be vulnerable and where do you get to say, I don't know how to do something? And it's, it, it becomes like, oh gosh, like, shouldn't I know how to do those things? Mm -hmm. You know, and even in organizations, because people are, there's so much information, more and more people inside organizations are feeling like imposters because they believe that they should already know that question and that answer and they shouldn't be asking that question. Mm -hmm. And so I explained that, you know, there's another great book, The Coaching Habit, which we did in our virtual book club. He actually talks about, you know, one of the questions is that he says is out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And when you say the words out of curiosity, it kind of takes away anybody being defensive. 
And it's a really kind of just uh, neutralizes anything. You just, hey, out of curiosity, you know, does this CRM system, you know, work with something else? Will it integrate? And it's not that you're coming that you don't know. You're just curious. Um, and people react a little differently to you because you're also in a way asking for advice and guidance, which is a subtle hint of a compliment. So it really works on many different layers of a psyche. You know what I find sometimes, especially when I'm doing my podcast, is that people will say to me, well, that's a great question, or I've never been asked it that way before, or something like that. And that comes from my curiosity, too. And so I think that's a really, yeah. Have you ever read the book, uh, Curious Mind? No, but I'm going to write it down. Maybe I'll put that on our next book club because uh, we're always looking for good books. It's not so much a business book, but it is written by Brian Grazer, who owns Imagine Entertainment with Ron Howard, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. Who doesn't know Ron Howard, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Brian Grazer's the producer side of things. And he, it's an interesting book. It's, it's sort of his story, but I loved it. And uh, I identified with it. So let me ask you, um, when it comes to teaching and, and writing about networking, so today it's so different with uh, networking face-to-face, -face, still that is still out there and is still a necessary evil, but we find, especially I find as a, uh, as a solopreneur that I, I'm isolating myself more, which is not good, but I use the internet and I use Zoom as a, a tool to connect me with people more than I do going out to face-to-face -to -face events. What do you say to people about networking online and how to do it effectively? Oh, and it's, you know what? And most of my networking these days is being done online. Like it really is. The biggest advice I give to people is don't sell. Right. Like no one likes to, like you don't meet somebody and I'm going to go, I'm going to buy from the stranger. Like when you move into a new neighborhood, do you say, hey, can you babysit my kids? <laughs> or can I borrow your car? Right? Like who are you to ask? Yeah. that you haven't been given that. And that's something I talk about is that you got to go through the know, like, and trust phase mm -hmm. because people do business with people that they like. Right. That's 100% why customer service is so important. I look at a vendor and I look at online and if they don't respond to their customer, I'm like, forget it. That's how they're going to treat me. I don't want to go through that. Exactly. So online is even more important is that I say always provide value. So if you are networking in a group and you – before asking for anything, go and actually, you know, answer people's questions in that group. You know, hey, someone say, might say, you know, which podcast equipment to use. Go ahead, list it all out. Provide value to the group so that they know that you're not an opportunist. And that's a big, huge thing because everyone is trying to do the hustle and they think all you can do is sell, sell, sell. And they're missing that component of really cultivating something. You know what else happens? If I could just interject there, the 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 person who is curious and who really understands how to network online effectively would never think about themselves first. They would always think about wanting to know more about the other person. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can teach that? I put a lot of examples in the book where that has actually worked Good. from and and because I really want to kind of illustrate that what that looks like. So for example, I have a real big philosophy, and this goes with resumes as well. You gotta show, you can't tell. Right. So you gotta show the results. So it's like banking. You know, when you wanna get a loan from them, they will always look, oh wait, she's always been a payer. 
Therefore, she's going to be a payer, right? Once a payer, always a payer, right? They always look at the past history to dictate. So if you increase sales by 20%, be tactical and show that quantitative number. Mm -hmm. So when I'm saying you want to pitch business to somebody, provide value. So what happened was, and this is a great example. I was working for a client and one of my clients asked me to manage all their vendors and, and, and identify all of the different vendors and go through that process and things. So I get this one guy company. I'm like, I really like it. And I really like how I'm doing business with him on behalf of the client. And it was a real big success. Great, great experience. Four weeks later. And after I had finished with the client, it was no longer tied to this client. My the work was all done that I need to do. He calls me up and tells me my email is going into spam. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you, Google has changed some of the things in the background. All your emails are going into spam. And I said, oh gosh, how do I fix this? And he says, you know, I'll get one of my guys to do it for you, whatever. And sure enough, they quickly did it. And again, he didn't ask me anything. He provided me value because one, he told me something I did not know. Right. And two, he solved my problem. So I was like, oh, that's really great. Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate this. It's amazing. Two months later, I'm actually at one of my board meetings for um, CMC, which is Certified Management Consulting uh, Canada, and they're talking about putting in a brand new website and a CRM system and implementing, and who did I recommend? Greg. Greg. And that's because he showed me value of what my gap was, and that's what it's all about is because Again, he, he didn't ask me for anything, no. you know, and I talk about people that do like, you know, for example, bookkeeping, you know, you're pitching to be a bookkeeper to or some company. Why don't you say, you know, and this girl that I interviewed actually had done this. She said to a company, listen, I will sign an NDA. Why don't you give me three years of your returns and I'll find some ways for you to save money. No risk. Mm -hmm. I'll find some gaps. Of course they hired her on afterwards, right? She, she, she proved about, again, that's the whole mentality of show, don't tell. Yeah, prove yourself and show that you care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Um, so who's your ideal client today? I really want to help. Uh, it's funny because I've always been in the business to business space, but I actually want to help individuals. And I look at the millennials and the next generation because I want to give back because I've already done so much in my corporate career. That's my ego. I've already beat that. So that's gone. And so being, I was a professor, you know, teaching at George Brown, I've, I've discovered the love of really teaching and coaching even more. And so I want to really give back to the actual, you know, the next generation. Because again, I'm hoping that I, they will pay it forward and continue to teach those skills so that my nieces and nephew get those skills. Um, cause I really don't want it to be a lost art. So I'm actually even creating a course right now on, you know, how to future proof yourself. And what it is, is about, yes, we know automation is coming in companies, but there's ways that you can be thinking ahead and be above that curve and ahead of that curve as opposed to be afraid of, I might get out, you know, automated or outsourced or a company might get bought out. It's a reality of life that's happening. So I'm teaching them how to get more visible and be more seen as a thought leader and having a point of view in order to not be the one that gets disrupted in the workplace because we've got a lot of complacency. So I really want to give that knowledge back and because I've been groomed in that from my days in Accenture at Rogers and Amazon docs the consulting dna really taught us how to stay above that curve because if we were not marketable externally the partners could not sell us to the clients at a higher rate that's how we make a lot of our money is being ahead of that mm -hmm. now 
how we do it is very different and, and so on. And that's where, the, where I want to actually do. So when you're asking what my target is, I really want to target the ones that really feel stuck in their jobs because I don't want them to feel stuck because honestly, there's so many options out there or they feel like the walking dead or they feel like they're behind in their career, or because they took one year off in Matley that they just, you know, that's it, you know, and then younger people come in and get promoted on top of them when they have more skills. Like, they're just not getting noticed. And it's just because they're not messaging the right way to the right people, managing the right stakeholders. Oh, you're making me think of my daughter who's about to go. It's her last day of work today. She's on mat leave. And uh, who knows what's going to happen after that, right? So it becomes a whole new thing. Okay, so um, I had a thought. What was it? So in my work, I teach people how to stay connected to be remembered. So it's one thing to, you know, reach out, to connect with people, to do what you do with them. But then most of the people that I work with, they are always looking for the new client. They're always mm -hmm. on the search for the new client. And they forget the ones that they've already serviced and what actually um, gems they are that can provide new clients for them if they nurture them. If they nurture them and they um, appreciate them, then it brings more referrals. And that's the best way to get new business, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that that, is for me is to show them how to use a system that is a follow-up system of greeting cards and gifts and it can be automated but it's also the personal touch so it's done online but it sends a real card in a mail and I know you have experienced that for me mm. so would you see that as something that you would teach the young people today because by the way they can do it on an app on their phone but they they haven't made that connection back to it not being old-fashioned to send a card. So I'm just curious what your take on that is. You know, people have, um, this is another thing that kind of cracks me up is people have forgotten what grateful is and, and gratitude. And I was just recently reminded of the death of a really good friend of mine and how grateful I was that she was part of my life. And I had to research because consultants, that's what I do. I research because I didn't understand the word gratefulness and gratitude okay. and and one of the things that actually really showcased is is that when you are grateful for things you are actually saying yes to life and because you're appreciating things outside of your own self and being that a lot of narcissism is increasing constantly and people are more neurotic it's one of those balances now the reason why i bring this up is that you know, this is where it actually drives me insane is that people don't go back and look at their, the relationships that they had cultivated that came from somewhere mm -hmm. and actually appreciate that someone had seen something in them that they didn't see or they brought some value or, or inspiration and whatever it is. Because I look at all of my business that I have for consulting clients and all of it, 100% of it is referral based. And it's been from my old bosses that I did great work for or another client that it, because they've trusted me enough that I will not put, make them look bad or their brand, that they are introducing me to another C-level executive because of that. You can't buy that word of mouth. But I appreciate that level of that they actually have faith in me to represent them. And that's something else. Every time you're networking and someone's introducing you to someone, you have to remember that we are an extension of their brand. Mm -hmm. So, and I, that's why it goes back to this whole thing about, you know, 
people not understanding the value of a thank you card. Like I opened up your thank you card and I actually paused and I actually got so warm and I was like, I haven't received a thank you card in so long. And it was such a nice treat that was in between all my bills of all the things I got to do that I got to pause and reflect. And I was like, this is so nice. You don't get that warm moment to feel, wow, like you're saying thank you to me. You're grateful for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, so touched. And it's so beautiful of a thing. So people are always trying to buy people with, you know, coffees or whatever it is. That's great. But sometimes the most simplest things are the most important things. And it says, I really appreciate you, or I really like you because of X. Like I met this other exec and we got networking and I really had nothing that much in common with him. And one of the things that I found when I started to drill down deeper is that, you know, he has a daughter that loves architecture. She's 12 years old. So anyways, I sent him my thank you email and I said, Hey, I found this book about whatever it was. And I sent it. It was that personal touch that he invited me back for coffee. He actually sent me more other things and it opened up the door because I, again, you know, was thinking about that personal thing. And that's what's missing is that personalization. Everyone is looking at things in terms of volume. When honestly, you only need two good hits. You don't need that thousand. You just need two good quality leads and it can open and expand your business or your next promotion or a job. It's amazing what opens up. Yeah. But you've got to do quality behind it. And, and you said something else there too, though, that you really appreciate the people that uh, go to bat for you, that bring you those referrals. So what's important, I think, for our listeners to know is that how do you show them that appreciation? You must show it. You can't just say it. You have to show it and you have to be remembered by them. So if you keep loving on them and showing them appreciation, you will always be top of mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important, especially today, because there's no loyalty unless you do that. You know, and it was really funny because that goes back to the whole principle of show, don't mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. And even in the book, I actually interview also um, a celebrity matchmaker, Carmelia Ray. She's got a hilarious show, yeah. matchmaker versus mom, because we talk about making first impressions and, you know, all those things, because it only takes seven seconds, right? Right. But what she said to me that really did not even click properly in my brain is that she talks about love languages. Yes. And when I was thinking about that, and I was like, wow, this is actually kind of interesting and mind-blowing at the same time, because it's not about you know, just love languages. It's actually about how do we communicate that, how do we send and receive. So how I communicate mm-hmm. and how I receive communication is very different than maybe somebody else down the road. So I'm actually a person that, don't give me words, show me the actions behind the words, because words are meaningless to me. Right. Someone else could be like, I love gifts. Like that's how I know that I'm valuable to you is if you send me lavish gifts, right? Each of us have different ways. And once you start to kind of look at the person a little bit, because you really want to get to know them and start communicating in a way that they understand, game changer. It's game changer. Another version of NLP, really. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about pay attention to what makes the other person tick and how you can best connect with them. Yeah. Lots of, lots of good uh, information here. Amazing. So lastly, Sapna, I'm going to ask you what, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to just say what's, um, what's your best advice for people that have to, that has to do with networking and how you can best support anybody that you would work with so that we can make sure that 
And lastly, where they can find you, which I will put in the show notes as well. But So the best advice I can give to people about networking is you need to do it every day. Mm. It's a skill. Yeah. It's a real skill and a sport. It's just like athletes. They don't become NBA superstars like the Raptors uh, without lots of practice and learning and everything else. So small things like, you know, you get on a bus, say thank you to the bus driver and make eye contact. You are going to change their day and you know how their reaction is going to actually ripple and actually change your day a little bit because you gave something and small things like that. Because as you start to practice these things a little bit here, a little bit there, then you start having lunch with people at work that are outside of your department. You don't have to go buy lunch. It could be brown bagging, but you start to build and start to see that people are not just a collection because I need this many friends to say that I'm popular. You're building relationships and you're doing it. So it's, it's a life skill. It is, I would say, do it every day. It doesn't have to be full blown. It's just small things. And the other thing is we have to remember people are always watching us. They learn from others that are doing it. So if you've got the kids and you've got directed reports or siblings or other family members, they will start to see your results and they're going to start to mimic you. It's just automatic, right? Because they're going to be like, how did you get that opportunity? Oh, I met so-and-so on the bus and they were telling me about this and that and this. And then I told them about this article and I sent them this. And then it just kind of went from there. It's amazing what happens. And this is, by the way, not just about for networking for professional development. It's also for your personal growth. We all need friends, right? We need someone to go to brunch with or shopping. It sounds like you, you're exercising that muscle and making it stronger is really what you're doing. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. So where can people find you? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's a great place. I'm always, I'm actually quite active on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me and you can email me at me at sapnamalhotra.io. That's on the website as well. And you could tweet me, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to connect because I'm I really find it meaningful when someone connects and I can look them up and see what they are and what they're doing. So that's the best place. Which actually, I'm going to put one little statement in there about that because of course, you know, I'm, I do training on LinkedIn is that when you have a fully optimized LinkedIn profile that may somehow even include the fact that you're a Gordon Ramsay, uh, or that, um, you know, you're a Raptors fan or whatever it is that's a little bit of an offshoot or a sideline from business, that could be the one thing that starts a conversation with somebody. So it is important to broaden and optimize that profile for sure. So this was a delight. I thank you so much for your time and for our conversation. I uh, look forward to actually meeting you in person perhaps soon and to continue the conversation around things that make us both tick. Watch for um, Sapna's new, her book, Connect the Dots. I love the name. And uh, check her out on her website and uh, connect with her on LinkedIn. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Remember, stay connected, be remembered. Wonderful. That is such wise words. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, 
and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comments sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.